All right, welcome to the show, Jason. Man, it's good to have you, man. I'm, I'm going through your bio and what an amazing background, amazing business you built. And uh, I'm really looking forward to chopping it up and getting in, uh, getting in deep and talking about it. Thank you, Joe. It's good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, give our guests a little bit of a background. I mean, look, I'm, I'm reading featured on Extreme Home Makeover, the Dr. Oz show, Good Morning America. I mean, dude, you've obviously climbed to the ranks, but take me back to the, a little bit back to the beginning uh, where it all started uh, with this entire process first. Before we get to that point. yeah well uh, uh thanks again for having me on, on the show uh i'm excited to be here i got a chance to listen to some of your other podcasts and uh and a very interesting conversation so yeah i'm excited sure. uh so this story my story the the, the mold story so i'm the uh a founder of 1-800 got mold the mold inspection business uh and also the creator of the got mold test kit um and so those businesses came out of uh an awareness or an awakening uh, about my own childhood issues um, with uh, respiratory illness. Um, so it really does go back to the beginning, as you said. Um, it all started really when I was about four years old. I suddenly lost about 30% of my body weight in a three-week period. And my parents obviously were very concerned. They brought me to the pediatrician. He said, no, they need to go to, you need, you need to, go to Children's Hospital. And uh, the initial diagnosis was cystic, was cystic fibrosis, which was a death sentence at the time. Um, and, uh, and also it was a, it's a, hereditary uh, disease in my family. My father had lost four of his cousins uh, before the age of 14 to CF. So they spent the next six weeks crying before the second opinion, uh, which was uh, thankfully that I had asthma compounded by pneumonia. And when they tested me for allergies, I was literally allergic to every single thing that they tested me for. Um, my dad said, I look like a ladybug. They, did, they, they wrap you on a papu when you're, when you're a little kid. I was, it's my first child, one of my formative memories. Um, it's like a straight jacket and they, they leave your back exposed and they draw a grid on your back and test you for the antigens. My dad said, I looked like a ladybug, uh, just big red swollen with dots all over it. You know? And um, so, but the, the, the interesting part about it was that I was, you know, I grew up on a, on a small non-working farm and I was allergic to grass, wheat, corn, eggs, dogs, cats, even cotton. And I was surrounded by all those things. We were surrounded by soybean fields and cornfields. I was allergic to both of them, grass, you know, cotton, some of my clothing, my sheets. So needless to say, it was a rather uncomfortable uh, childhood. And, uh, and, and, and my parents both smoked, you know, the awareness about that stuff was like zero back then. So, sure. um, and, and so mold was certainly not on the radar. Cigarettes were still, you know, I mean, it was still, <laughs> it's, it's just funny. But anyway, um, I, I uh, moved out, my, my folks split up when I was about 12, moved out of the house, all my symptoms went away. I never thought anything about it again, because my grandfather had grown out of his asthma when he was adolescent, which is not uncommon. Uh, and so, uh, so I just, you know, moved through the world, but, but I had a really interesting childhood right, right around this, right around the age of 13. Um, my mom died suddenly and then, um, by suicide, uh, which turned out to be a very formative experience that actually taught me optimism. Uh, and, and then shortly thereafter got Lyme disease, uh, which put me on a, a, a round of thermonuclear antibiotics, which wiped out my gut. So caused me to have some chemical sensitivities and all sorts of other things. So it was kind of like mold, suicide, Lyme, boom, boom, boom. And then I was basically forced to drop out of high school. And, uh, and so through a series of sort of incredible accidents, ended up meeting a guy at the gas station who recruited me to come work for him on Wall Street. So it's a total fairy tale. Um, and, I, and I did that <clears throat> starting at age 16, literally gas station to Wall Street, you know, jeans to <laughs> suit and tie in, in a matter of a week. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I did that for about nine years and I had a really great career. Um, and, uh, and it just happened to be something that was, that was suitable for my personality. It just happened to be that this kid from the gas station that happened to, to work for me. And I, and, I, and I really enjoyed it, but I lacked purpose. That was my big thing is that my mom had raised me um, 
to be uh, to, to contribute to the greater good. And she did so to, to, to a fault. That's actually one of her undoings. Um, but the, the positive part of that was something that really made an impression on me, which is if you improve the quality of other people's lives, the natural byproduct of that is the quality of your life improves. And so that was embedded in me as a, as a, as a child. And yet on Wall Street, I struggled deeply with this, this, this contradiction. There's just the only people that benefited from my success on Wall Street were the people who owned the stores where I worked. It's, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind it. of counterintuitive to what you do on Wall Street, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I had been frustrated with, with all of that. And, and, uh, and finally, you know, after the dot-com bubble burst, I decided I wanted to do something meaningful with my life. And I went backpacking for a while. This is right around September 11th. Uh, and so uh, I kept it pretty domestic. And while I was in Hawaii, uh, I was uh, living on the, on the beach and in youth hostels. I was still young, had a little bit of money, but I was, you know, really enjoying some time off. I didn't do the college thing like a lot of my friends did. So, um, so I was, I was taking my time reading a lot of local newspapers and stuff. And I read about a guy who'd gotten sick from working in a hotel where there was a major mold problem. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the biggest mold problem in modern history. There was a ho- the, the Hilton Kalia Tower, which is the flagship property in Oahu, the big building on Waikiki Beach with the rainbow on it. Everybody, you know, it's in postcards. That had been shut down for a mold problem that they initially thought was pretty localized to a small area. But as they began opening the walls, it was like Pandora's box and went from a half a million dollar problem to a $5 million problem to a $55 million mold problem. And while I was there, this is big news. Uh, it was big international news in the real estate world, but it was also big news locally because people were, were, were talking about how it affected them. And this one guy who was in his 40s uh, was interviewed and he had developed adult onset asthma and sensitivity to all these foods and things that he had never been sensitive to before. And, and it was like a light bulb went on for me. It was like a deja vu moment in a way where I suddenly was brought back to my own childhood. And I thought, man, I had the kind of opposite where you know, I wonder if mold was the issue for me. I wonder if, if we had a problem. So I went to a payphone, which isn't probably there anymore, and called my father and said, hey, do you think we had a mold problem? And he laughed at me. He said, of course we have mold. We have mushrooms in the basement, you know? And, uh, and he just, it was so flippant. Like, it's just, of course we did, you know? Like, um, and, and I said, well, do you think that that was the underlying, do you think that, that that was why I was sick? And he said, well, it certainly didn't help. You know, like, again, it was just this, this like, basements have mold. That's just the way, people uh think that you know what does this what does it smell like it smells like a basement that's that's the way people used to talk about this subject it's yeah. it's different now and so this is 20 years ago right so this is this is i, I got into this before people were really talking about it before it was in the headlines for sure uh hurricane katrina and some other things certainly you know cemented it into our into our into our you know our our collective mindsets but um but i got immediately interested in that what i got interested in was not mold per se but actually how buildings impact people's health and I, I started looking at this saying we spend so much of our time indoors and, you know, I've recent statistics are we spend 90% of our time, at least indoors, if you include transportation, sometimes more. Um, and we worry so much about the outdoor environment, outdoor air pollution, but take very little uh, consideration into our indoor environment where we have a lot of control. Uh, we have zero control of the outdoor environment um, in our very infinitesimal way. But, but indoors, we truly have control over these environmental factors, the quality of the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat, shelter being, of course, a, a, a basic human need as well. That's where we have a, a, a locus of control. And, and the fact that we don't exert that control, uh, I think, is, is, is a bit of a travesty. And so, so my job is, through Got Mold, and I'll tell you how we got here, uh, but, but my, our job is to, is to give people the tools and knowledge they need to make better decisions about the air they breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, I got interested in this space from Hawaii, flew back to New, Jer- New Jersey, armed with curiosity, 
took a job working for a mold remediation company, this Wall Street to mold, right? And, uh, and, and uh, took a job for a remediation company to, to understand what they were actually doing and quickly saw what they were doing was ineffective and oftentimes harmful. They were adding, using chemicals for, for, for treatments for mold cleanup instead of actually cleaning the mold. Uh, oftentimes using that as a substitute instead. So leaving behind a house with mold and chemicals. Uh, and so I saw an opportunity to create a company that would protect the consumer from that kind of, uh, that kind of stuff. Lead paint, asbestos, all these environmental hazards have a, have a, a, a Chinese wall, if you will, where there's an inspector and a remediator. And these two things are, 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 are in many cases legally separated. What we did was we went in and said, okay, well, I'm gonna create an inspection company because eventually there'll be legislation about this. And sure enough, there is. And in every state where there's legislation, they divide those two. So we created a mold inspection company to guide the consumer through this process to protect them from the contractors do the testing at the end, make sure they got what they paid for before they pay for it. Um, and through that, that, that company, actually we began using mold sniffing dogs, which is, which is really what put us on the map. Uh, we had specially trained Labrador retrievers trained to sniff out the hidden mold in buildings. And that's actually what got us onto Good Morning America and Extreme Makeover Home Edition and thousands of newspapers and magazines. I mean, really it's, just, it was, it's incredible. We've never advertised. Um, uh, and our phone has been ringing and ringing and ringing. And really it's based upon the fact that we have this no conflict of interest. We go into homes, we figure out what's going on. We, we, we get most of our referrals from doctors for the 1-800-GOT-MOLD. <clears throat> and then we, and we guide them through the process and the, the stories of healing have been, have been profound. But um, to, to wrap it up where we are today, um, we, over the years, realized that our, our, our inspection business, as, as, as satisfying as it is, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's afforded me a comfortable lifestyle, uh, it, it's also, uh, I realized that we had created a, a high-end service business, which, which was cost prohibitive for my, my parents could not have afforded to hire my company, mm. right? So I created this to help parents and families avoid having to go through what my family did. And yet I created something that was out of reach in terms of cost. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that always bothered me. And, uh, and so a number of years ago, we began putting the, the pieces of the puzzle together to create a very high quality do-it-yourself test kit, which would use the same device the professionals use, but without any of the costs or hassle associated with finding and hiring a qualified professional. And so, uh, and so that's what we did. So at gotmold.com, uh, we, we, we just, just made them available to the public. You can now test the air in up to three rooms uh, using the same devices the professionals use for a fraction of the cost. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a very exciting time. And so the best part is my parents could have afforded this. My parents could have afforded this and probably would have purchased this if they had thought mold might be an issue. My kid is sick. What's the first step? And I kept thinking about them in that in 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 the creation of it, and thinking, what well, how could I close this loop? Uh, and so that that's that's what brought me here today. Man, well, you give a podcast host uh, a lot to work with. I'll tell you that. I mean, I got a whole page <laughs> full of notes. First of all, I got this one sheet in front of me with your, your bio, and and man, they got to update this because the background you gave me. Um, you know, doesn't exactly match up with what my notes say in front of me. We go from, you know, being, being poked and prodded as a, as a kid with massive allergies. And I'm not even going to try to guess your age, but I feel like we're pretty similar in age. And the interesting thing is like, nobody had allergies when we were kids, like nobody had allergies, you know, and for you to have out, be allergic to everything, um, uh, you know, it's pretty telling obviously that you were in some kind of environment that was obviously, you know, sparking up something for you. And you're right. You know, when we were kids, like everything had mold on it. Like I remember, you know, you'd walk into your bathroom and you, you know, you had mold around the top of the shower and nobody cared when we were kids. Like everyone just totally. had mold everywhere. Your basement was covered in mold. I remember my grandmother's basement when I grew up was that type of basement that you're talking about. It was, it was like a cellar, you know, you would only walk down there to, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, it was just, it was gross. It was moldy. It was, you know, it's just what it, it is what it was. And 
I'm sure it made us all sick. She had one of those houses in Jersey that was 150 years old and it was, it was, it was a wet basement, right? But you're right. We don't, we don't think about these things um, now the way we th thought about them 30, 40 years ago right, when we were growing up as kids. Different level of awareness about all mm. these things. Think about tap water, right? Mm. Or just think about water in general, what people are used to, uh, or yeah. quality of food. There wasn't an organic grocery store at all when we were kids. Sure right? Um, organic, what's well, organic? I mean, really, the term is even fairly new. Um, so we, we, we've gone through, our society has gone through this really interesting, I think, I'm thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, where the top is this self-actualization. And what's cool about this, the, the industry that we're in, is that we, we, we tend to serve people that are thinking, that are, they're, they're optimizing their lives, and they're finally taking action on something like air, which is this thing that's, that's, it's literally hiding right under the tip of your nose, but yet you don't think about it. You realize yeah. you, tw you breathe 22,000 times a day. How many of those are conscious? How many of those are you actually oh, yeah. thinking about? Or are you aware of? Uh, very few, if any, unless you're having a difficult time with it, unless you touch, unless you, you taste or, or smell something that you don't want um, or that you don't have enough air, then you just think about it a lot. And, and so, you know, that, it's, it's a tricky thing selling air awareness, which is, which is what we do. Uh, but I think we're doing this at a time when people are becoming more aware of this. COVID has certainly brought a lot of attention to, to air quality uh, and also the indoor environment since we're, so many of us, were, well, since we're all locked up for so long. But there's also this funny thing. It's just this kind of last frontier of environmental awareness because toilets is where it starts. All, all developed nations start with toilets. Undeveloped, no toilets. Developed, toilets. Sure. And then you got food. Food mm -hmm. awareness is the first big and then water, right? Clean water, and then and then the fresher, the net more natural water. Air is the last one, right? It's the thing that you need the most, but you think about the least. And and but yet our society has has waking up to that. And if you follow hierarchy, if you follow the hierarchy of these all the way up to the top, and you get the air, and you realize when you have a problem with air, you go right back to the bottom because it's survival. It's a, it's an amazing uh, dynamic uh, uh, around uh, environmental awareness, air in particular. Uh, and the timing for this is very exciting. It's a great, it's a great time to be in this, in, this, in this space. One of the things that you said that really resonated with me big time, because, you know, I grew up in the construction industry. We develop self-storage now. But, I mean, for, for over a decade, we flipped houses. We flipped a thousand properties. And, you know, so we had our hands in the, in the residential space, development space for a very long time. And, and, and what you said that really hit home for me was that we cannot control any percentage of the exterior of, of the outside environment, right? But when we're inside, people don't realize we, we have 100% control. Now, we might not have the technology, we might not have the resources or, you know, in the abundance of money to do whatever we want with the inside. But what are some things that that just about anybody can do aside from, you know, just going and changing your air filters, obviously, but like, what are what are some things I mean, obviously, I love the idea of this got mold test kit, right? You know, so what are maybe some let's let's start out with this. What are some obvious ideas where people probably need to test for? And then, you know, what are the next steps that they need to go into if, if the test comes back? And what does the test tell us, I guess, basically? Well, so when, when I think about, uh, you know, we're in the healthy home business as much as we are in the mold business. Uh, and I look at this much more holistically uh, in the sense that, you know, there's, there's, there's evidence that, uh, you know, respiratory illness in, in America is actually down. Um, in, it, it, I'm sorry. Uh, the, all, all, all causes of respiratory illness are down, for example, smoking and things like that, but yet morbidity associated with respiratory illness is up 30% since 1965. And so you have to wonder if all the contributors to respiratory illness are down, why are we getting more sick and, and more severely sick? And, and my, my friends who are in this space, uh, in fact, I had this conversation last night at nine o'clock with the former president of the Indoor Air Quality Association, 
we believe that, there, that there's chronic VOC exposure. So the, the, the gases that come off of building materials and finishes and furnishings and things like that are predominant, of course, you know, anything that's made quickly, uh, which almost everything is these days, anything with a veneer on it is made with glue and, and anything from, no, I shouldn't say, I keep it, any of the press board products, right? These things are all, all anyway, they, they're off gas. But to be fair, new construction, everything is made that way now, right? We used to have solid everything. hardwood floors. Now we have laminate hardwood floors. We used to have solid hardwood cabinets. Now we have laminate cabinates. Everything is right. laminated, pressed, quick. Fake. It's, it's yeah, fake. Yeah, exactly. Fake. Right. So we've gone away from all this stuff. And what we've done is we've created chemical house. And we, by the way, we've tightened up our buildings for energy efficiency. And we also pack our insulin walls with insulation with formaldehyde in it. This is a class one carcinogen. Why it's legal in our great nation to build buildings out of cancer, out of materials that off gas carcinogens is beyond me. It's one of my missions in life is to get that. There's no reason. It's a common sense thing. You can pull anybody on the street and they'll say, what? Why? And it's because there's a proven, you're innocent until proven guilty, even if you're a corporation in America. And so uh, unless you want to spend the money to prove that they're guilty, guess what? It's going to happen until it happens, until, until someone steps up. So, so mold is, is something that's highly actionable because it's an acute thing. It's something you have a moisture issue, you have a smell. So what I always say is you use your senses. First thing you do is do you see something, smell something, or feel something? Do you see something, blistering paint? You know, you're looking for anything, that will, any indication of moisture staining, uh, trim pulling away from walls. These are the dead giveaways, right? If you, if you smell something, that musty odor, or any chemical odor, by the way, this is a really important issue. The new house smell is the beautiful smell of cancer. Seriously. I mean, I, I can be as blunt as, as you can yeah. be, but that's the bottom line. The new car smell, similarly, like Pavlov's dogs, we've associated success to these smells, but that's a function of neurological training. We've trained ourselves to do this. That is not, it's just like the gasoline, the smell of gasoline at the gas station smells good, but we all know that's not. Mm. Um, it's the same kind of thing. There's an allure to it. VOCs are very like, perfume, VOCs. I just read an article today about, uh, about they did a really interesting study on on moisturizers uh, and the VOCs from the from the from from uh, the scent of uh, of skin products causes incredible amounts of exposure. Uh, so your face is off gassing, right? Mm. So the bottom line is is that fragrances, uh, whether they're artificial or 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 or, uh, or natural, in many cases, uh, are concentrating indoors, causing problems. Moisture issues are the first thing you wanna look for because you can take action on that right away. You have 24 to 48 hours to react to a moisture problem before it becomes a mold problem. Hmm. And a moisture problem is cheap or free to deal with. A mold problem is expensive. And so, so what we wanna do is we wanna be very vigilant about, about moisture problems. That's the first thing. Um, in terms, so, so, so see something, smell something, or feel something. Feel something is symptoms, right? So headaches are a dead giveaway fatigue, difficulty concentrating, any upper respiratory thing, anything that, that goes away when you leave the house, that's a big, right? Mm. So if you see something, smell something or feel something, do something. And, and I always say, trust your instincts, but then get the facts. So you wanna do things like test. You wanna do things like collect air samples using a Gottmold test kit. There's another great uh, um, a sample uh, collection device or a, a test kit uh, made by a company called Prism Analytical, homeaircheck.com. And they do, uh, they do VOC testing. So if you're concerned about chemicals in your house, that's a great test too. Um, you want to get humidity gauges in your house. Ideally, they've got remote sensors. You can put them in places like crawl spaces and, and out places that are out of sight, out of mind. You want to keep humidity above, above 40%, but below 60%. This is very important. Above 60%, you get condensation. 
and mold and dust mites and all sorts of allergens start to, to start to proliferate below 40%, you get dried sinus, dry, dry mucous membranes and, 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 and you, your critters can get into you that way. And that's that why people get sick in the winter. It's not so much because there's more bugs it's because they're susceptible due to a dried up dried mucous membranes. Sure. Um, and so, so, so the bottom line is when, when you've identified, when you start to quantify the surrender house and you've got your senses engaged, uh, then you start looking at what you can do in terms of mechanical things that will improve your air quality. You mentioned furnace filters, which are truly designed to keep the mechanical equipment clean, mm -hmm. to keep the fan and the blower clean, the coils, things like that. What you want to do is get air purifiers. Uh, and there's a big difference between a filter and a purifier. Um, uh, and, and specifically, you want to get the standalone uh, air units. There's some great companies out there. Healthway is a great one. Medify is another great one. Um, uh, we used to recommend IQ air units, but lately the company has kind of done a turn. Still great units. Uh, don't, don't necessarily support some of their, some of their other things, but, but there's, there's some great air purifiers out there. What you want to look for is, is, is a, a true HEPA, which means it's a sealed unit. Mm. Uh, and that removes 99 three quarters percent of all particles, 0.3 microns and up. And what that means is it takes all the little tiny stuff out. Um, ideally, you want to get something that's also got activated carbon. The problem is that that gets saturated. So you have to change those out on a regular basis. But that the activated carbon will remove odors and VOCs. Uh, a good air purifier will take out particles and gases. If you're just taking out the particles, you're missing half or more of the, of the pollutants. Um, and the other thing is ventilation, you know, open your windows, get that, get, you know, obviously you can't do it when it's hot or super humid or, or super cold, um, but you, but you want to get ventilation in your house. Um, and, you know, what I'm really encouraging people to do, and, and this is sort of a summary is to recognize that your building is a function of your immune system. Think about this. It's an exoskin, an exoskeleton, if you will. It's a filter. It protects you from all these things. Uh, and we actually, in many ways, uh, have kind of a symbiotic relationship with our buildings. If you don't take care of your building, it will develop aches and pains. It will develop moisture problems. It will develop mold. It will make you sick. Mm -hmm. You fix the building. The building gets better. You get better. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's a mutualism, if you will. Um, and so I'm really encouraging people to consider that this building, which is a basic human need, is not just a box that we store our stuff in and that we live and work in. It's actually truly a relationship that you have to have with the structure. And if you do that, then you really make your house your home and you make your home your health. And if you do that, then you've done something really great for yourself and for your family and for the next people who live in your house, because that tends to be the legacy. Talk about legacy builder. You know, you leave behind a legacy for the, for the next people uh, that, that, that have your home uh, to take care of as well. I love it. I love it, Jason. I, you know, I, I don't think there's a better way to cap it off besides that. I mean, what, what's your big goal? What do you, what, is, what do you want to see this? Where do you want to see Gottwald go? What's the big goal in the next, you know, three to five years? Uh, we're working on a, a couple of devices that would actually be early. Um, that would be, uh, uh, that would basically a mold sensor, uh, that would, that would send alerts to, uh, your email or to your, to your phone. If the conditions, uh, uh, that are conducive to mold growth are, are, are protected. Mm. Um, so what we're really trying to do here, Joe, is this, okay? We live on a water planet. We all live in buildings. We all breathe air. Everyone always asks me, you know, who's your demographic? The people who live on a water planet that live in buildings and breathe air, that's who we serve, right? It just so happens that many people happen to, you know, have an event that brings their awareness to mold. My goal is to enable, is to, is to wake up the, the, the population to realize that mold is a fact of life. You're never going to, if you don't, if you haven't had a mold problem yet, it's just wait. Uh, it's inevitable. It's, a, it's up there with death and taxes. I just want people to be prepared about it because all of the diseases that are caused by or aggravated by mold are preventable. 
That's the reality. Unlike so many of these other diseases that, 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 that you may be genetic or what have you, this is an environmental exposure issue that you can both prevent and also correct quickly if you have the wherewithal and, and, and if you stop looking on Facebook for your answers, which yeah. is, you know, so you, you have to know where to ask. But the bottom line is we're about raising awareness. So in the next three to five years, I want, if Got Mold is a national brand name, a recognizable brand name, then, then, I, then I think we will have done our job to raise awareness about the subject matter. Yeah. I mean, it's a no brainer to me. I mean, you got smart homes now, we got everything connected to Bluetooth. If you create a device like that, I mean, I already have the, uh, the humidistats that you're talking about for, for water, you know, seepage in the basement. I mean, all these things, I can imagine a mold sensor plugging right in, um, you know, the way people care about their health nowadays and everyone's wearing a smartwatch and a tracker. There's really no reason why that doesn't tap into the whole ecosystem. So, uh, I wish you luck with it. I see it happening. So what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you, uh, Jason, I know you were talking about, uh, creating some, um, some ability for them to get the kit for them to actually tap into the got mold uh, system and, and be able to, uh, service their homes with this as well. Yeah. So actually for your listeners, we created a, a special, a welcome page at gotmold.com. It's, a uh, uh, slash legacy builder. So it's gotmold.com slash legacy builder. And there we have a special discounted link for uh, 10% off uh, of any of our test kits uh, and also a copy of an ebook. I don't even know if you still do people still that feels so 1999 ebook. <laughs> um, but it's a 45 it's a page guide that, that we put together. Uh, no strings attached. No, no, no. It's not a sales document in any way. It's actually filled with inspection checklists and all sorts of really good practical stuff, some FAQs. Uh, and we, we, uh, we get a lot of positive feedback on that. So we always suggest that if people have questions about mold, uh, check that first before Facebook. There you go. There you go. There you have it. So keep your family safe. Go in there, get the FAQ, uh, get yourself a mold test kit. If you have any uh, questions whatsoever about whether or not your home has mold and uh, I'm sure on the website, uh, figure out how to take it the next step if you need to. So uh, Jason Earl, thanks for being on the show, brother. I appreciate it. Great show. Thank you, Jeff.